Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. What do we learn today on KDKA? Well, we talked an awful lot about the brand new curfew policy that's been put in place at the waterfront. Why are they doing this? And what exactly does it mean for the shops there, for families who go there, and for kids who want to be there? That new curfew takes effect at 6 o'clock in the evening for those who are under the age of 18. And you had a lot to say about that. So the waterfront says we're going to do this preemptively, not because there's been a problem. No, there hasn't. We're just going to go ahead and make a change and do this a little bit differently. If you are under the age of 18 and you're on the property after six o'clock, you're going to be asked to leave. Security is going to ask to see your identification. And if you are under 18, you have to leave. It's their new curfew policy. If you are not with your uh, with an adult, with your parent, with a supervised um, adult, and, and they don't even say parent, but accompanied by an adult, which is somebody defined as being at least 21 years old carrying identification. And oh, by the way, that 21-year-old can only have four people who are not related along with them. So they can't show up and have a busload of kids and that be the one adult for them. I'm asking you, do you think this is a good idea? Does it protect the interests of the waterfront? And does it make you want to shop there or not maybe want to shop there? 866-391-1020 is how you jump in. And Donald, I'm glad to have you calling in from Homestead. This is in your neck of the woods, so tell me what you think of it. Rick, I think it's a good idea from a preemptive status. However, it's problematic. How much force do these security guards use, not police officers now, security guards yeah. use when a minor says, I'm not leaving? Yeah, right. What do you do? Are you going to billy club him? Now you have a huge incident that's going to inflame. It's a very fine line, and uh, it's going to be interesting to see. It, certainly it could be tweaked a little bit, and there has to be But I am very concerned that this doesn't become a major incident when one uh, minor just says, I'm not leaving. What are you going to do about it? Yeah, no, I think that's a very good point that you make, Donald. And I also think, you know, the simple question of who is going to be enforcing it, right? Because if it's one thing, if it is done by security officers of the facility, I think it's something else if they have uniformed police officers there that may change the dynamic. I think it would considerably. But at the same time, do you want to continue to then have to pay the police officers to be there to enforce a private-type curfew, right? I mean, this is a, a private issue. This is not a, a municipality putting this in place. This is the waterfront doing it. Indeed. I think those security guards and police officers really need to band together and have some training about 
what they're going to do if they're going to have to walk on eggshells when that kid says, I'm not leaving. Yeah. What are you going to do and about you know it? Full that well, may happen. Yeah, you know full well that somebody is going to push them on it and test them on it. There's no Indeed. question about that. Donald, thank you. Let's go to the bishop in Denora. Bishop, it's good to have you on KDK. How are you? All right, now let me make my points real quick. Uh, that, the waterfront is my hangout. I love the waterfront. Yes, there's security officers and the West Zone police officers and Homestead police officers do a good job down there, and they will enforce it. Let me just tell you this. That's, just, that's a model plan for any outdoor it, it, vineyards. Um, Kenny wish to take note at it. Uh, I, I try to offer uh, a curfew uh, uh, to the mayor uh, of Pittsburgh several months ago. They were tone deaf about it. And I believe if it's enforced, it will be effective. Now, also to note with that uh, law uh, rule, by the way, that curfew, after 11 o'clock, if you're under 18, you have to be off the premises completely. Yes, that's All correct. Right? Whether now, you're with an adult or now, not. With, with, uh, even if you're with an adult, you have to be off the prop- right. property uh, 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 after 11 o'clock. But with a, a, a guardian... This over 18 at uh, 6 o'clock, that is right toe. And let me just say this in closing. It could be a hot summer. What happened over at Westinghouse? And by the way, I was in, I'm in favor of the school board not always uh, putting uh, armed officers in the school. And you know I'm working, and I can do No, absolutely. And, 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 and not carry. But, but we're turning our schools into educational prisons. However, that shooting out at Westinghouse was outside. It, it, it wasn't inside, mm-hmm. so you were secure inside. So that's what I'm saying, because if, 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 if you have a, a, a police officer or, or school police and say they shoot outside and hit the wrong person, then what's going to happen? Right. Means a lawsuit. Lots All of right? lots. Take that under advisement, Mr. Dayton. Thank you, Bishop. Talk I appreciate you. it. Always good to hear from him. Let's go to Dean, who is calling us from Plum Borough today. Dean, how are things in that part of the city? Pretty good, Rick. Hey, I just wanted to give you some firsthand knowledge. I know someone that works at the Target specifically. Okay. And these check the police reports. There were two juveniles that lit clothing on fire one night while the parents were there. There's juveniles that come in and out of that store banging into the mannequins, banging into the employees, knocking things over. More than that, that should happen. There's fights outside of the Target, right outside the kids congregate. There was a brand-new security guard, a, a young female girl that was groped one night with another guard there. So these kids have no business being there at all. Not, not all the kids are bad, but this element needs to be shut down because they're only going to get worse as they get older. So that's, that's all I have to say. In other words, Dean, you're saying that this may not be entirely preemptive. It may be in reaction, yeah, to, to something. Absolutely yeah. not. Right. It's only target specific. I don't know what goes on at the other stores. Right. But I'm quite confident that they're, they're having the same problem. No, very, very good stuff. Thank you, Dean. I appreciate that. We're talking about the waterfront making a new policy, basically putting a curfew in effect starting at 6 o'clock daily. And if you are under the age of 18 at this open-air mall in West Homestead, Homestead Munhall, you need to expect to be asked to leave the premises. Robert in Sharon, Pennsylvania. How are things up in Mercer County today, Robert? Oh, pretty good. Uh, I just feel, um, I, you know, I agree that I had recently traveled through, uh, I believe it's, is it Homestead or yep. Homewood? Right no, you're absolutely area? right. Homestead, home, uh, West Homestead and Munhall, yep. 
and I'm just appalled at what the neighborhood looks like. And it's, you know, it's an indictment on our country, number one, that we allow, um, you know, the government in general not to really be uh, cognizant of what everybody needs. And I think then you get possibly some people that may be considered uh, loiterers, delinquents, you know. But I'm also concerned that I think we have to be careful when the government starts telling people or even a private organization that, uh, you know, you can't come here after a certain amount of time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, 6 o'clock seems pretty early. Uh, I could see maybe a little bit later. Uh, where do we draw the line? You know, Correct. we're getting to the point where we're going to have devices in all our cars, monitoring how fast we go, uh, you know, cameras everywhere, speed cameras. I think people have to wake up and see how we're, our civil liberties are being eroded. This is not necessarily a good example, but it's sort of what about the parent that wants the child to go out and experience something on their own, and now they can't even allow that child to go because, as the other caller brought up, um, there's people acting like idiots and obnoxious. We used to call it years ago. Yeah, no, you know, absolutely. No, uh, Robert, I think you hit it. And I think that you know, your talk about it being an erosion, if you will, of responsibility is a very good way of uh, pointing it out. And I do think the next conversation and the next area that I want to go is the fact that this is being done by a private entity. This is not something that's being done by a municipality. This is not something that's being done by one of those cities where where the waterfront is. This is by the property owner themselves. And would it be different to you if it was done by the borough or the municipality, the area of government, as opposed to being done by the business owners? We'll talk about that, too. Talking about the new policy at the waterfront, where they're saying... If you are under the age of 18, you're more than welcome to come here as long as you leave by 6 o'clock. If you are not accompanied by an adult, and by an adult, that person has to be 21, has to be carrying identification. Oh, by the way, if it's after 11 o'clock, even if you are with an adult, it's going to be time for you to leave. 6 p.m. curfew put in place by the waterfront. Let's uh, continue the conversation because people have had pretty strong feelings about good idea, bad idea. More have said it's a good idea than the other way. I'm curious to hear what John has to say because he's from not too far away from there in Greenfield. John, what do you think of this idea? Do you think it's a good idea or do you think it's something that's going to rub people the wrong way? Well, uh, I mean, I think it's a good idea, Rick. And one of the things that's getting kind of glossed over in all of this you know, there's a, there's a substantial population that lives right down there at the waterfront in those condos or townhouses or whatever they are. Oh, and, yeah, good point. You know, I mean, this, yep. this, goes, this goes to protecting them, too. And, uh, you know, I, I mean, I, I really like going down the waterfront. You know, I go down there a summer evening. I'll go down and I'll sit out in front of one of the bookstores and have a coffee and sit there and people watch. But, you know, what I don't want to hear is I don't want to hear, and, and I understand kids are kids. I get it. I was there once. You know, but they're walking around and they're swearing and cussing and you know and i don't really want to hear that i mean kids kids can be kids and they're allowed to have fun and stuff but i don't know i'd just like to keep some nice i'd like to keep a few nice things nice yeah no i i hear you john does it make a difference to you that this was put in place by the waterfront rather than being put in place by say west homestead homestead munhall meaning the municipalities there in the area what does it matter to you who did it 
Well, see, you know, I don't know if there's, I don't know if there's a management service down there or, or an HOA or whatever. It's, but I, but you know, I, I think that, you know, they're, they're looking out, for, they're looking out for what's best for their little, their little slice of the world, and I'm okay with that. Okay, got it. Well, I sure appreciate you calling in, and thanks for listening to KDK, even on a holiday. We appreciate you being there, John. Calling us on President's Day here today. 424. What do you think of it? 866-391-1020. Would it make a difference to you if it had been done by the the area that is the taxing authority in that area? Meaning that if it was uh, from West Homestead or if it was Homestead or if it was Munhall that, that had done it, would that make a difference to you? Or do you think it's okay that the individual that owns that, uh, the, the company that owns the waterfront says, this is what we're going to do. This is our property. It's private property. We can make the rules, and this is what we're doing as it relates to a curfew. Also on the program today, University of Pittsburgh Medical Center and the Carnegie Mellon School of Engineering getting together, and they have just been published in a brand new journal that is talking about how they can help people who have lost sense of feeling or movement in a hand or an arm, and what they are doing to make a difference and allow that person to regain the ability to move that appendage. How do they do it? Let's listen to one of the senior authors of that study. So glad that you're with us here on KDKA, and we cannot wait to have this next discussion because this is, uh, it's fascinating to me. And Vera uh, Piranini is joining me here, and she is a PhD in electrical engineer at the University of Pittsburgh. And their work at the University of Pittsburgh and work that is being done in the College of Engineering at Carnegie Mellon, between the health sciences and the engineers, they've gotten together and they are working on spinal cord stimulation that is improving improving arm mobility after someone has had a stroke. And Vera, it is so wonderful to have you on the program. Thank you so much for being here. How are you today? Fine, fine. Thanks for the invitation, actually. This is a fascinating result. It was just published today in Nature Medicine. Would you consider this neurotechnology? Is this engineering? Is this medical? How would you, first of all, say, where does this go in terms of putting it in a category, for say? Yeah, so this is a very interesting question. I think this is a bit everything uh, in the sense that it stems from a neuroscientific understanding of the problem of stroke. It takes advantage of an engineering understanding of how to use electrical stimulation to restore paralysis. But it has also a very strong medical component, both for the rehabilitation of the patient, so a, a strong neurological component, but also a very important neurosurgical component for the implant of this technology on the spinal cord. So none of this could have been possible if we didn't put together neuroscientists, engineering, occupational therapists, neurologists, and neurosurgeons. So it's a really team effort. It is a massive team that it takes. Now, from my layman's understanding, it's almost like you're taking a couple of very thin electrodes or thin wires, if you will, and think of it as a, as a strand of spaghetti is the way it's been described to me, that you're basically completing, if you will, a circuit, neural circuits, right? So if you've had some issues with strokes, sometimes those get blocked or hindered. Is this taking the place of that to allow the conductivity from the brain to the body, or is, is there something else to it? Exactly. It's, it's kind of like that. So basically imagine that after a stroke, the input that they usually go from the brain to the spinal cord to allow us to move, they are interrupted. 
So this input cannot pass anymore from the brain to the spinal cord. But the spinal cord is intact. So we can put there these two electrodes, these two spaghetti leads, that they are actually allowing now these inputs to reach the spinal cord and to produce a movement. But the, the key point here is that we use the natural circuits that are present in the spinal cord. So for the, for the person, this feels completely natural, as if everything was connected back. And that's why our patient could use this technology from day one. So how much movement are you able to get after doing this? Is it a matter of, say, wiggling fingers, or is it a matter of actually moving the entire arm, or is it dependent on the, the severity of the stroke itself? It's this, this last option. The, the movement we could elicit uh, uh, in these four weeks, they depended a lot in the severity. Our first uh, patient that was implanted, she was a moderate patient in the sense that she had a complete paralysis of the hand, but she still had some residual movement of the arm. And thanks to the stimulation, we could have her making larger movement of the arm, but we were also able to have her opening the hand and use the hand in functional tasks during daily life activity as uh, uh, eating, uh, grasping a cup, and uh, even writing some simple uh, work. A patient that instead was more severe, she had less recovery of the hand, and still, she was still able to grasp some big cylinder and move them around, but we could still see very big improvement at the level of the art. Now, our hope is that people that are more severe, probably taking longer time, they will have a, a stronger uh, recovery. Dr. Envira Pirodini joining us here on KDKA is an electrical engineer, a PhD in electrical engineering at the University of Pittsburgh, educated in Switzerland, but now here for a couple of years in Pittsburgh. So the electrical stimulation that goes through these particular electrodes, is that just from the brain or are you artificially inducing that to allow them to move? Help me to understand where is that impulse coming from? Sure, sure. So the stimulation is, is coming into the spinal cord. So we are stimulating the spinal cord. But because the spinal cord is, con is connected, it's still somehow connected to the brain, mm -hmm. we are basically helping the brain. We are, we say, in term, increasing the excitability of the brain, of, of, of the, the input that they come from the brain so that the person can move. So we are artificially stimulating the, the spinal cord, but actually we are using the natural circuits that are still there. And indeed, if we are stimulating the spinal cord, but the patient does not want to move, no movement are generated. It's only in the moment that the patient wants to move that the stimulation kick in and the patient can perform now the movement. So you're really almost doing both, right? You're helping, but only when the brain says now is the time to help. Exactly, exactly. That's wow. why it's so simple for the patient to use it, because it's done it in a totally natural way. We are not overimposing the movement, but as other technology. Here is the patient that decides which movement to do, and the stimulation is just helping them because it's amplifying the residual connection. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And cardiologists are saying that as it comes to strokes, I mean, the likelihood of one in four 
globally may suffer a stroke. People over the age of 25, one in four during their lifetime, and 75% of those people could have lasting deficits when it comes to motor control. So you can see when it comes to moving your arm or your hand that that would make a huge, huge difference in your ability to get along on your own. So you can see how important this particular research is. And Vera, thank you very, very much for being here and sharing this. And again, congratulations on having this work published today in Nature Medicine. I'm sure it is very, very proud time for both you and your colleagues at Carnegie Mellon as well who worked on this alongside. Yes, thank you. Thanks again for having me. We very much appreciate the enlightenment that we have received from what she is telling us about. It's just, I am constantly amazed at the work that is done in our backyard that sometimes we don't even hear about, but I love to be able to share things like that. Spinal cord stimulation, instantly improving arm mobility after strokes, and it's happening with Pitt and Carnegie Mellon working on it together. Also on the program, East Palestine and the VIPs who are coming. Who is going to be in Ohio this week and what do they hope to accomplish? What do they want to do? What are they saying before they come to Ohio? This is one of the subjects we talked about on KDKA Today. You know what I love, going back to Tony's comment right before the news there when he was talking about Marjorie Taylor Greene, is the fact that we are supposed to be the United States of America. Keyword united, not divided, going in different directions, not saying we need to pull apart, not saying we need to be split in two. No, that's not at all what it is. It's the United States. What are the things that unite us? Let's find those things rather than concentrating on those that divide us. Tony, that was so, so well said. And I think that in this next week, we are going to see two very, very distinct sides starting to, well, make East Palestine, Ohio, a target for its rhetoric. And let me tell you what I mean by that. Former President Donald Trump is going to be in East Palestine this week. His son, Donald Trump Jr., made that announcement on Friday on Twitter. On Saturday, Trump's media contact confirmed that the visit is scheduled for Wednesday. And then Trump Jr., back to his tweet, if our leaders are too afraid to actually lead, real leaders will step up and fill the void. And by the way, when it says if our leaders, that was in quotes the first time around, Biden and FEMA said they would not be sending federal aid to East Palestine. As soon as I announced that I'm going, he announced the team will go. Hopefully he will also be there. This is good news because we got them to move. The people of East Palestine need help. I'll see you on Wednesday, said the former president, Donald Trump, in a statement. He has announced that he would again seek the Oval Office in 2024. Um, as for the actual campaign itself, uh, not a lot of details have come out, or uh, the visit itself, not a whole lot has come out on that. But the uh, Friday also came the announcement of increasing federal support for the area, which is now recovering from the derailment of that Norfolk Southern train, the chemicals that were part of it, trying to understand the long-term impacts the spilled materials could have. Now, the other thing that is going to happen is that Aaron Brockovich, has said that she is going to be in East Palestine this week as well. Of course, she, known for her environmental activity as an activist, made the announcement that she is actually going to move her visit to East Palestine by a day 
sending out on Twitter over the weekend, this was yesterday, I think she sent it, that she will be coming to the village on Friday. Initially said, said to be at a town hall on Thursday, but she said we are moving our event to Friday in a tweet. The circus is coming to town and we want to steer clear. Obviously, a shot at what's going on with President, uh, former President Donald Trump coming to town as well. The event uh, for Brockovich, 6 o'clock Friday evening at East Palestine High School Auditorium, located at 360 West Grant Street. The space is limited. Registrations have been taken online. Brockovich tweeting out that she plans to work with the victims of the train derailment so they can get justice, know their legal rights, and hold the railroad at Norfolk Southern accountable for what's been going on. Of course, she's been very active on social media about the train derailment since it happened back in the early uh, first week of February the 3rd. So with those two announcements being made, I think it is safe to ask once again, where is, say, the Secretary of Transportation? Uh, why has, was he not been here? He did send a letter because uh, he, was, he was busy last week on, on Twitter, but now he's sending a letter to Norfolk Southern's CEO, Alan Shaw, warning that the rail company must, quote, demonstrate unequivocal support for the people, end quote, of East Palestine and surrounding areas. He urged Norfolk to support stronger railroad safety rules. This is the right time for Norfolk Southern to take a leadership position within the rail industry, shifting to a posture that focuses on supporting, not thwarting, efforts to raise the standard of U.S. rail safety regulation, is what Mr. Buttigieg wrote. Now, again, I just go back to the fact that it's interesting how Mr. Shaw has been to East Palestine before the Secretary of Transportation after the company faced so much criticism for not sending representatives to the community meeting earlier last week. Norfolk Southern said in a statement that it was committed to coordinating the cleanup project and paying for its associated costs. But Pete Buttigieg has been on Twitter and now sending letters, which is something that was already done by the attorney general in the state of Ohio before the secretary of transportation decided to get involved in that and say, me too. Again, it's it's a matter of leadership. It's a matter of actually being here and actually getting here and doing some things and stepping up and, and getting some things done. And I, I think it's going to be interesting to see what happens this week and, and see if we are going to start to get a march of people to East Palestine to draw attention to what has been a horrible situation, obviously, for the people uh, and our, our neighbors to the north and west of, from Pittsburgh. Um, just a very, very, very difficult thing for them to have to go through, a very scary thing for them to have to go through, and for them not to have answers, not to know really what's going on or feel that they know what's going on, I think is probably the thing that is is most frustrating and infuriating to them. So Donald Trump scheduled to be in town on Wednesday. Aaron Brockovich scheduled to be in town on Friday as we continue to work through that situation in East Palestine. So let's go uh, back to the phones right now and bring in Sandy from Mount Lebanon. Hi, Sandy. You're on KDKA. Hi. How are you? Hi, hi, Rick. Um, I wanted to say I agree with you about we need to be the, the United States of America. And I just had this conversation with my neighbor two hours ago. Okay. And I find that the only time we really ever are the United States of America is when something bad happens. Mm -hmm. And when I really see that we're united is when someone is sick. And I'll give you an example. My mother has dementia. Now, I am more liberal than my neighbor. My neighbor is more conservative than me. But you know what? That doesn't matter 
because he has been so helpful to us. And when you have an illness or when something bad happens, it doesn't matter if you are a Democrat or a Republican, you're a person. And it seems like these are the things that really bring people together. I think that your point about the sickness and the fact that all of a sudden that is something that we all can understand, that we all have been in a situation where a loved one wasn't themselves, wasn't doing well, whatever, and it doesn't make any difference how your neighbor votes or whether they cut the grass the way you want to, or right, whether they go to the same church that you do or even are of the same religion as you are, that 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 humanity matters. It doesn't matter. That condition of being human matters than all of those other conditions, all of those others that are out there. I don't think there's any question, Sandy. I think you have absolutely Absolutely, positively nailed that. So that gives you an idea of a flavor of this Monday, President's Day 2023. Thanks so much for being with us, and I can't wait to see you tomorrow on the radio. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.